out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. <coughs> then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. There are lots of things we might wonder about in the story of the Magi we've just heard. When I prepare a sermon, I usually read the passage, and maybe a bit more, several weeks in advance. And then, wait. I'm a bit slow on the uptake, you see. I have to leave God lots of opportunity to nudge me in the right direction. I often wonder, if I had been Moses, just how many burning bushes God would have needed. I'm sure I'd have missed the first, and maybe the second. But, giving God the opportunity, the time. I then read the commentaries. I've got quite a few. These electronic days is great. Open up my iPad, and there they all are. The accumulated wisdom of lots of very clever men and women. And when you read about this, they're full of all sorts of questions. Pages and pages about the sort of thing that Carl <coughs> asked about. And I usually have quite a job filtering out what is unimportant and narrowing down to the very important things, the main thing. So I read lots of stuff about how long after Jesus was born did this all happen? Were the visitors kings, we three kings, or wise men? Were there really three of them? Was the star a natural phenomenon, a comet or a conjugation of planets? Did the visitors find Jesus in a house or in a stable? Why were the gifts what they were? Is there any special meaning in gold, frankincense and myrrh? I'm not going to answer these questions. <laughs> you can chase them up if you really want. It won't be difficult to find out. And it might be very interesting. But I don't think it'll be anything more than that. Those are the things I've filtered out. Now, I found two things that I think are really important. And I love the idea of most of you leaving this church this morning with at least one of those things still in your mind. Firstly, what is your response 
to the good news that Christmas brings. In this passage, I can see three possibilities. Herod is immediately threatened. He's hostile. Does the gospel upset your equilibrium? Does it meddle with the smooth progress of your life? Does it chew at your conscience? The second possible response could be like that of chief priest scribes. Herod asked them, where's this going to be? They looked it up, they checked out the prophet Micah, and they said, it's going to be in Bethlehem. That's just six miles down the road. And then they went back to whatever they were doing before. They weren't excited, they weren't threatened. Oh, this has got nothing to do with us. They were indifferent, they were apathetic. Thirdly, you might be like our wise men, our major, bowled over by the news, full of anticipation and planning a metaphorical visit to Bethlehem to see for yourself. Just let me go and find them. I want to see for myself. So there's the first thing. People will be hostile, indifferent, or excited. Remember Jesus sending out the 72 disciples. He said, if you receive no welcome, shake the dust from your feet and move on. When you share the good news, people may be hostile, they may be indifferent. Shake the dust from your shoes. They may be interested and excited. Stay with it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is something I didn't find in the commentaries. It's a very personal response to this passage. And it only really struck home for me when I read one or two different Bible translations. In the New Living, we have this right at the end of our passage. But when it was time to leave, they went home by another way. Home by another way. Sometimes a phrase just catches you. It says far more than the sum of its words would imply. And for me, home by another way is a real spiritual and emotional description of the good news. It resonates for me with a yearning that I have inside. It describes the hole in my existence that Jesus fills. It fills me with hope for the future. It quickens my pulse. It sets the hair on the back of my neck on end. It makes life worth living. I was made for this. Home by another way. God has found another way to bring us home. Are you excited by the possibility that you are going home? Home by another way.